0: It's post time. Welcome to the ESPN 1000 Miller Lite post game show. With your hosts, fantasy expert and host Jeff Miller and two-time Super Bowl champion Chicago native Howard Griffith. The ESPN One Thousand Miller Lite Postgame Show, presented by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears, and brought to you by GetCoveredIllinois.gov, the Home Loan Experts, ComEd's Energy Efficiency Program, and Harry's Raising.
1: This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN One Thousand and the ESPN Chicago App.
2: The Bears fall to 5-4 and four today after a 24-17 loss in Nashville. The Tennessee Titans do enough, not a lot, but they did enough to put the Bears in a sleeper hold. Uh, it was a, a very tiresome game if you watched. Uh, and you may have fallen asleep because it was, uh, at least in the first half, it was very difficult to keep your eyes open. The Bears offense very sleepy today. I am Jeff Meller, along with two-time Super Bowl champ Howard Griffith. We are the Miller Lite Bears postgame show, taking your phone calls, 312-332-3776. Um, I don't know, Howard. I mean, it's, you know, again, it's, I think the Bears owe us, uh, they owe us our Sunday back because it was a beautiful <laughs> day, and man, oh man, it was, it was wasted inside watching this one today.
3: You put it perfectly.
2: I mean, if you didn't get out early. Uh, <laughs> to get your activities
3: in, I mean the day is now gone because now you're miserable. You turn on, and <laughs> you, you, now you, you don't. You know, might have one or two m- many adult beverages. So I mean, you got real issues today, and we're not gonna have many more days
2: like this here in Chicago. No, you're you're absolutely right. Although tomorrow looks nice. Tomorrow might be the last one, to be honest with you, because Tuesday, even though the weather looks warm, looks like there's some rain in the forecast. But tomorrow you might get one last crack at it, but of course it's a Monday, so you probably have some work to uh, attend to if you're uh, like most normal folks out there. So the Bears, they owe us our Sunday back. Our beautiful, beautiful November Sunday, 70 degrees and uh, wasted watching uh, an inept offense, uh, just basically... Show up and 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 not do much against a Tennessee Titans team that um, has been scuffling themselves, but uh, they make one big play to AJ Brown to get out to a ten nothing lead. I mean, look, AJ Brown Brown no no surprises. Everybody, anybody who's followed him since he came into the league last mm-hmm. year, he goes for he has four catches for 101 yards, and really the only one he had two big plays, but one the only one that really matters, the long touchdown catch where he. He uh, reaches out for the goal line, breaks it, and yeah. you know he do- he does what he does. He's a physical specimen. He makes great catches, and um and that was really at that point it felt it felt like a Herculean task to come back from ten nothing.
3: Yeah, you're not going to be able to slow him down. I mean, he, and he dropped a couple passes today as well, so mm-hmm. things could have been much worse. So so he made a lot of plays for. Uh, for that Titans offense, but, but I got to tell you, you know, th- there is a bright spot, right? We had some receivers come up with some, some great catches today. And, and you know, that's obviously positive to, to, you know, to have some positive momentum gain. So there were some positive, but, you know, it just is overshadowed by uh, this bears team, not able to move the ball when needed uh self-inflicted wounds, the lack of discipline uh, and then, you know, the, the sacks that continue to occur on a regular basis around this team.
2: Uh, let's head on out to uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, and say good afternoon to Matts. Matt, welcome to the ESPN podcast Hi, Post Jeff Game and Show. I, Howard. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I, both, I both were I, – I, I appreciate you guys taking my
4: call. Two quick things here. Um, first off, we saw that Jimmy Graham, he got a lot of, you know, some of those receptions where he just had a lot of room to run and make a play. And I felt like when we got him, he was going to be a red zone threat and not a guy where you give him those types of plays. I don't understand why we don't give give those plays to a guy like Cole Komet, who has that athletic ability to make a play like that. And my second, my second point here is, and you guys kind of touched on it, maybe we look at a rebuild. I mean, I know it's a lot to, like, say after one game, like, let's blow it up. But when you look at this defense, I mean, there are some cornerstone pieces that we have. I mean, you have Eddie Jackson. You got Khalil Mack. You have Roquan Smith. I mean, you got three guys who are arguably top five in their position. You know, and then you have other guys where it's going to be tough to keep a guy like Akeem Hicks uh, uh, along for uh, uh, quite a while. And so, I mean, maybe we look at that type of stuff. I know it's a lot to say for just one loss, right? But I think I think we got to start looking at that. Just because, for me, when I look at the future of this team, it's a lot of this, right? It's a lot of struggle on the offensive end. A lot of eight and eight, seven and nine. Like, are we going to make the playoff seasons? And, you know, making the playoffs is fun, but we want to win Super Bowls. You know, that's what your goal is to do. And it's, it, and it's incredibly difficult to do that when you're constantly just playing the merry-go-round on yeah. offense and, and, and not giving yourself position to win. I mean, there are pieces to open up the future for them. So, you know, just two quick points. I appreciate you guys taking my call, and uh, I, I want to know what you guys think about that. So, who, oh, Matt,
3: wants the- start all over again (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i mean i don't think anybody can really bear that right i think bear fans have had to bear too much but it is it is something that always should be looked at you know from from a from a front office perspective to see are there pieces that can garner um, some more assets to be able to rebuild the program because again we we talk about this each and every week you know they gave up assets to move up with with Mitch you when you start to do things like that it makes you very desperate you know as a franchise to to go out and make other moves and you mm-hmm. know Kyle Fuller is you know he's as as good as it, it gets right now he's really playing at a really high level right now. But do, do you try to move a guy like that? Uh, do you try to move Khalil Mack? Do you, you know, those are all things that, that you have to ask yourself. But the other side of it is, what do you realistically think you're going to get in return? And if you decide that, okay, I think I want to test the market and see what I can get for that player, what does that do to the relationship between the player and the organization? So it, it, it's really a slippery slope when you start to go down that road because I know people try to do things and try to back channel things, but things always seem to 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 come out right, and yep. you know it never works out well uh, for the franchise or the player when that player believes that he's being moved because he's going to believe that he's being disrespected that you know he's given so much to the franchise and now all of a sudden they want to give up because. They screwed up in some other areas
2: of of player acquisition. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, and I think that if if the Bears are going to embark upon a rebuild, I listen. I could get behind that. You know, it, the, but the truth is, like at that point, you need to. That's why the discussion point has come up. You know, is is this going to be the end for Ryan Pace? And as Howard mentioned, we don't know yet. We kind of have to see how this season plays out and see if the Bears uh, management. The ownership group has um, the appetite for you know dismissing Ryan Pace right now, as we know, in the middle of a pandemic when revenue is obviously not as you know plentiful as it normally is. That mm-hmm. certainly could be a, you know I, I think every business is dealing with you know the losses they want to take differently right now, and you know even though you can make the argument that an NFL franchise probably shouldn't be you know put in the same position as other businesses, the, the truth is that they're also watching their bottom line, so that may you know that may actually impact how the Bears look at this. So if they can win a couple, three more games, and finish eight and eight on the year, they certainly could say, you know what, we're going to run this back because we don't want to eat any money on Ryan Pace's contract. But if you're going to go a full rebuild, rebuild here, I personally don't really trust Ryan Pace with the job he's done in being the man to architect this next rebuild. You know, he's been given, in my opinion, plenty of rope to figure this thing out, and unfortunately. It seems like it's only getting worse now, you know. They they caught they caught lightning in a bottle a couple of years ago in 2018 they went 12 and 4, but the reality was that now after Matt Nagy has had the opportunity to kind of grow as a head coach, he is not getting better, he's regressing and, you know, you're the guy that you hoped was your franchise quarterback. We've turned the page on that. Now you're in you're in the the unfortunate, you know, part of uh, you know rebuilds, or not even rebuilds, but when you talk about being an NFL purgatory, this is kind of where the Bears are right now with a pretty good defense, but uh, but an awful offense. It's going to be hard to make a run. I mean, right.
3: I, you know, how long can this defense be held together so that you can get your offense to a position where you can have success as a franchise and? I don't see it being, you know, obviously I don't see it this year and I don't know what moves they can make to make it happen next year, right? So the yeah. whole thing, but but I agree with you when you, this is why I said it has to be an ownership decision about where they want this franchise to be in the next several years, where they want it to be. And because it, it it's hard to try to patchwork things together, because as I always say, when you miss in the draft it means you're going to free agency and you're going to overpay for an old guy or older guy who you're hoping can get back to his his playing form that he had two years prior so you don't want to get in you don't want to get into that and, and that's what happens when you make when you make uh decisions personnel wise uh in the draft and free agency, and they don't pan out. You find yourself continuing to spend more money and then your ownership you're looking like well. You know, you went out and you, you could have gotten whoever you want to get at the quarterback position. You chose this guy, and it hasn't worked out. But now I have to sit here and watch uh, NFL Red Zone and watch guys that we should have had on this franchise or could have had in this franchise leading teams to Super
2: Bowls, winning MVPs. Uh, it's, it, it becomes very frustrating. Uh, that is Howard Griffith. I am Jeff Meller. Again, Miller Lite postgame show here on ESP 1000. Taking your phone calls two hours after every Bears game, we got full phone lines going right now. Shot, Oscar, Paul, Nick, Aaron, you guys are all up next on deck. Uh, I do want to ask the folks out there: give us a positive. Howard said, "Hey, look, at least we had some receivers making some nice catches down the stretch." I said, "Hey, at least we're more than halfway through this season." Tell us what you uh, tell us. Tell us what your positive is about this Bears game, which was an absolute debacle. Taking your phone calls next on the ESPN One Thousand.
0: The ESPN 1000 Postgame Show returns after these.
1: This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Ah!
0: The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite Postgame Show with your hosts, Howard Griffith and Jeff Maller.
1: This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app.
0: Losing the ball as Foles hands off to Patterson. And Patterson gets a couple of yards. Could have been disaster for the Bears as the miscommunication from the center. And keep in mind Alex Barnes, normally a left guard, playing center today. Nick, when it's bad, it's bad. Uh, And it's bad right now for the
3: Chicago Bears. I mean, a simple snap. He just mishandles it, Nick Foles does.
5: It just does not look good. Nothing has worked for the
2: Chicago Bears. That was Greg Jennings along with Dick Stockton on the Fox broadcast. And I think he uh, said what we were all feeling at home watching today. Just a dismal display by the Bears offense, which was very inept. They found themselves trailing. Uh, they were down 24-3 to at one point before they were able to add a couple of late touchdowns to make it 24-17. to 17. They lose to the Tennessee Titans, falling to 5-4 and four on the year. Titans move to 6-2. and two. We are the Miller Lite Bears postgame show on ESP 1000 with you every game, every time after a Bears loss for two hours, taking your phone calls. I'm Jeff Miller along with Howard Griffith. Let's go on out to Lake Forest and say good afternoon to Paul. Paul, you're on with Howard Griffith and Jeff Miller. What's up, man?
5: Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Great show. I appreciate Uh, that. Your host there asked what direction the Bears family wants to go, the McCaskies. Okay. I've got two or three quick comments, please. The first one is the McCaskies don't care what you think about them. The Bears are their apple stock. If they sell it, they get creamed in taxes. So they sit around and get a dividend on it. The hardest those people have worked, and to feed 16 families, I think is getting into their golf cart and driving down to the end of their driveway to pick up their check out of their mailbox, okay? And they don't care what you think. They're providing you entertainment. They're not selling the tea. Second point, Ryan, uh, Pace and Nagy are consumed, consumed with having to be the smartest guys in the room. They were going to change the NFL. I mean, what has Nagy really accomplished? He was selling aluminum sighting like 15 years ago. He came in and got lucky to hook up with Reed, with one of the better quarterbacks of all time, and they're trying to give him credit for that. He was 12-4 and four his first year, he's, and halfway through that first year, they already had him figured out. He refuses to change, okay? He's a narcissist. He The Bears, they're dumb. <laughs> They're done. They cannot build this offense up anywhere To this defense will be old. You are right about the rebuild, okay? Nagy reminds me of the 25- to 45-year-old emasculated males that are in our society today that always fail but have the total buzzwords like they're in some religious cult to explain why they fail. They confuse activity with accomplishment, and the people of Chicago should feel insulted. They should do what I do: take the game, go play golf, come home, and watch it in 24 minutes when you can fast forward through it, <laughs> so you don't get angry.
2: Uh, uh, thanks for the call, Paul. Interesting. I will say one: let's just, for clarity's sake, we should uh, actually point out that um, while when when you, Paul mentioned, I, I assume he meant Pat Mahomes when he said. You know, he was lucky to hook up with one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Uh, Mahomes obviously never really did much more than play one game for Matt Nagy as the QB's coach. Uh, He was a rookie during Matt Nagy's time in Kansas City. It wasn't until after Matt Nagy left to come to the Bears that we really saw Pat Mahomes flourish. So we can't even give him a whole lot of credit for that. Um, I don't know. I'll let you respond to the rest, uh, Howard. You know, it's tough,
3: man. You know, I, I, I can't. I don't. I don't know the McCaskeys, so I, and I don't know their business and how they operate. But it would be hard for me to believe that they don't want to win championships. I, I, I can listen. I can understand why people would would phrase things the way uh, the way Paul phrased it, mm-hmm. but I, I I can't speak to that. I, yeah, the, the owners that 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 I do know want to win championships, and I get it. You know, it it is about making money. It is about continuing to to build wealth. Uh, But if but I would say this, if it was really just about that, they would have figured out a way to build their own stadium. Right. So so it's hard for me to believe it's just about money. Right. Because they could have gone and built their own their own stadium and not partnered with anyone uh, and made and and made the franchise more valuable. So I, I think it, there are some things that, that that we may not be able to to say that are just facts.
2: Yeah, I'm not like I guess as uh, as somebody who watches the Bears, I don't allow the ownership really to you know, I listen, could could things be run better by ownership? Sure, probably there could be improvements made. It's not, you know, the perfect organization, but you can also offer up the counterpoint you know, guys like Jerry Jones or even Al Davis when he was still alive, there's guys, you know, who are, you know, more than hands on in terms of ownership, and that is the, you know, complete opposite of what the McCaskeys have been. And that obviously doesn't work out well either. You know, so I think the truth is that you need to hopefully hire the right people to run your team. That's what Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy were hired to do. And right now they're falling short. I don't I can't tell you what the McCaskeys plan is, you know. Um, at the end of the season, if things continue to go sideways. But the truth is, I'm not concerned about that just yet. I'm concerned about the fact that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are put in and you know, I'm sorry, like it's hard to get mad about the talent on the field. Because again, Ryan Pace is the one responsible for putting the talent on the field. Matt Nagy should at this point know what he has. And you would hope that he could find better ways to put his team in more advantageous positions to win. I think those two, those to me, week in and week out, are the biggest failures I see. Is the man who's put the talent or lack of talent on the field, and the man who quite right now doesn't recognize what his team does well and can't get anything good out of them. He can't even, you know, I, like again, two two garbage touchdowns doesn't do much for you. Fine on the scoreboard, twenty-four to seventeen, it maybe looks better than it should, but anybody who watched that game cannot tell me it was a competitive game.
3: Correct. Not a competitive game. I, I think um, the Bears may have run 20, 20 plays more, 20 offensive plays more than, than the Titans were able to do today, but weren't able to, to make, that, make it meaningful. So, you know, listen, I, I think as, it, as this season continues to move forward, and I've, I've been saying this and alluding to it a little bit, but those two, Nagy and Pace, aren't on the same page. They can't possibly be on the same page because Nagy can't possibly like necessarily all the players that he has to to try to put out there in the system. It's just no way it, it works. And one of the things that, that's always difficult is to get a head coach and a general manager on the same page. And when they're not, it, it just doesn't work out. And, and what we're seeing is we're seeing a roster that does not fit what Nagy ultimately is trying to do with this team. So it's bound to cause some friction between Mm -hmm. the two. And I don't know that there's enough time for either one of them to to have a correction, right? Because it's hard to believe that at the pace that they're going right now, you see Pace or Nagy coaching or being the general manager of this team two years from now. So there's not a lot of time to try to fix what it is that needs to be fixed on this team.
2: No, it's a good point. Let's try Nick, who's in Romeoville. Nick, you're on the Miller Lite postgame show here on ESP 1000.
1: Hey, guys, what's up? Howard, you just stole my point, bro. Uh, Come
2: on, bring it, Nick. I know
3: you got something good for me.
1: Well, no, I'm going to be positive, but like, if okay. people want to rebuild, I mean, look at Jalen Johnson today—great, great game. I felt like Roquan Smith, great player. So, if you want to, if you want to dump these guys, who's pace going to draft? He's going to draft guys that he knows. If they haven't taken an offensive lineman in the first three rounds. You know, I mean, we got what Whitehair Hirosu and. Is somebody, James Dan- or Jeff Daniels, whatever the guy's name is, like it. <laughs> uh, you know, they're they're trying they're trying to get Trubisky to be their quarterback and do whatever. But there's so you're going to blow it up and you're going to do whatever. It it doesn't make any sense. They're not on the same page. My um, negative points, and again, Howard, uh, I, I'll I'll refer to you on this one. It really pissed me off. They they made that uh, fake punt call, and then they come out of that and they call a timeout. out. How are they not ready for that? How does he not know what his next yeah. play is right. after that? And then the other play that really upset me was another fourth down that they run that fake pitch counter. Well, you, you know, your interior <laughs> offensive line doesn't know what they're doing. So, and then the counter and a counter, it's, I don't know if it's a counter trap. I was a high school wide receiver. So what the hell do I know about blocking? But it doesn't seem like a play that you should run at that situation. And it just, it seems like a hodgepodge. They don't. They don't. They don't know what they're doing from one play to the next play. They got yeah. you want to blow it up. Well, everyone's got to be on the same page, and no one, the coach isn't even on the same page. You know, and maybe he's a good coach, but he's he's not looking like it.
3: Yeah. And, and Nick, you you bring up a good point when you talk about running counters and fourth down, right? Or misdirection. Let's call it misdirection. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it it ultimately is an indictment on your guys up front because I I can tell you that when it's when it's fourth and one third and one, you know, know, third and one situation, short yardage situations, you want to line up and you want to be able to have the confidence to know that I I don't care if you know what's coming. We're, We're going to run this play and you have to be good enough to stop it. And I, I, you know, from, from my perspective, I remember we were at Carolina, and we had Joe Pendry. I might have told this story. And Joe Pendry was an offensive coordinator here at Chicago for a while as well, but we used to run this play called Ben Jab, and I'm telling you, we we ran this play, Ben Jab, uh, seven times in a row against the San Francisco 49ers, <laughs> and they <Yep>. could not <laughs> stop the play. So when you got everybody that's trying to, to not be the weak link on the team, and is and, and trying to, to execute You can run a play. There are plays out there that can make, that can work. But you don't have everyone on the same page. Until that happens, you're going to struggle.
2: I I love that. That's exactly what you want from your offensive play caller. Hey, man, when it's working, keep going with it. There's no reason to go away from it. All right, he's Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Miller. This is the Miller Lite postgame show. Coming up next, Jeff Dickerson covers the Bears. He'll tell us what he saw
0: next. Don't move. More of the ESPN 1000 postgame show is coming up on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN
1: 1000. And the
0: ESPN Chicago app.
1: This is Chicago's Home for
0: Sports. The ESPN 1000 Miller Line postgame show is back. Talk bears with us on ESPN 1000 and the new ESPN Chicago app.
2: The Bears fall for the Tennessee Titans 24-17, to 5-4 on the year now after a promising 5-1 start. Are they the worst 5-4 team in NFL history? We've been batting that around with our listeners. We've been asking folks to tell us something positive that they saw because I don't have much. Again, uh, Howard liked some of the play from the young wide receivers that he saw later in the game. I say the positive is the fact that we're more than halfway through this debacle. Jeff Dickerson covers the Bears for us here on ESPN 1000 and for ESPN.com. We'll let him weigh in on this fun game that we saw today. J.D., what did you think about just an abysmal performance from the offense?
6: Well, hold on now, Sunshine. Let me give you my my positive. I'll give you one, okay? And this is a very small positive. But Dwayne Harris helped them out today a little bit. He wasn't bad on punt return. I mean, give this guy credit. He is going to field the punt no matter what's going to happen. I mean, he's got You're a right. guy barreling down on him, and he has to turn his shoulders, and he's going to get drilled. And yes. he catches that punt, and he'll one will bounce, Here. and he'll run and get it. So there's nothing to laugh at when it comes to 64 punt return yards for the Bears. Not since Tariq Cohen went on injured reserve. So there is my positive note of the day. <laughs> touche, J.D., touche, well said. There you go. Now, let's get to reality, shall we? Mm-hmm. That was a very difficult game to watch. I think that was a very difficult game to play in. I feel like that was a very difficult game for Matt Nagy to coach and endure. Um, there are no answers, and I think that is just the, the overriding problem right now. You can't just say, well, if I fix this, then it's going to work, or if I fix this and this it's going to work. There are too many things that are just fundamentally wrong offensively. And it certainly does not help anyone's cause when you have this makeshift makeshift offensive line that you saw out there today. Uh, that clearly was a problem. I mean, Nick Foles, you know, it took him a long time to get to the podium. I thought he was on a stretcher. I'm, I'm sure he feels horrible right now, all the, the hits he took. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, there was no time to throw. Um, there was no room to run. Although, again, the, the run plays, the, the some of them are just so questionable, and you talk about all that misdirection. And I'll give you an example of what you guys were talking about, how I was talking about. On that first, fourth, and one, Nick Foles is like six six. I mean, you, you're telling me that there's not enough faith that he mm-hmm. can just lean over and get that first down on a QB sneak? Well, there's not. He doesn't have that faith because you've got Alex Barrs playing center. You've got Arlington Hambright playing left guard. You've got Jermaine Effetti, who whiffed on the fourth and one block. That's the reason that got blown up in the backfield. So, I mean, everything is just really kind of coming together, and it's just the worst. I have seen terrible offense. I have covered terrible offense. Guys, I got to tell you, today was one of the worst I've seen. It's one of the worst. You know why? Tennessee comes into this game last in third down defense. And the Bears went 2 of 15 on third down. The Titans came in giving up 128 rushing yards per game. The Bears gained 56 yards on the ground. I mean, there was nothing. There was nothing. And then the penalties, to add insult to injury, and this is what I thought. I'm not sure if you guys played Matt Nagy yet, but you know, we talked to him, of course, for a long time. I think of all the things that really are bothering him, how in the world can you have fourth and one and then have a false start and go to fourth and six and then have a second false start? Like you want to talk about the absolute bottom of the barrel? That's it. And, and he is seems to certainly feel the same way. But these are problems that we talk about every week, guys, and yet it's never corrected. Well, how do you fix it? I understand it's never been corrected. You don't but fix it this year. How do you fix it? You can't fix this. I, mm. I don't see it, Howard. I, I mean, and I'm not yeah. trying in any way to to say that the Bears can't win a couple of games. I think they can win a couple more games. I, I go, my list is, I'm not so so sure about the Minnesota right now because they're coming off a win. They Plus, they get the extra day to rest, too. Um, don't feel good about Green Bay. Uh, Lions are a mess. They can maybe get them again. Texans and Jacksonville both, you know, played today to a taffy pole. You know, you can maybe certainly at least the very worst split one of those, split that, those two matchups. I'm not saying they can't win again, but Howard, what do you do? You, now, I, I believe that – I think Matt Nagy is going to have to do some real soul-searching now. I know he was apprehensive about letting someone else call plays for a game. This might be the time to do it. Just let's see what happens, whether it's Laser, who was out of the league last year, Filippo, who was fired in two consecutive spots as an OC, I don't know Dave Ragone is maybe in the mix maybe someone should just try it for the Vikings game and just see if if anything changes. I honestly feel like that he might be at that point. J.D., I
2: I don't think that's that far-fetched. And and part of the reason I think about this is because, look, they're five and four, and we know that right now seven teams make the playoffs. There's a possibility of an eighth team making the playoffs that's on the table. And, like, as you pointed out, right now they've got a lot of issues with the lack of talent on offense right now, especially with – the uh, flux that the offensive line is in. Look, Mike Zimmer's a good defensive you know, play caller. He does a good job of reading your tendencies. If nothing else, whether it's DiFilippo, whether it's Laser, like you said, Ragone, whoever you want to throw in there. I, if nothing else, I wouldn't be okay with bringing in a, a new play caller for this next game because you clearly are having issues. And maybe just the fact that, you know, if you bring in a new guy, you're not going to have any tendencies. Mike Zimmer is going to be, you know, you're going to throw him for a loop because he's not going to know exactly what the play color is. You know, he's not going to be able to play chess right now with a guy who he's not, he's going to have to feel them out at the very least for the first quarter or so. I mean, I mean, it's throwing stuff against the wall, but the reality is, I don't know how many times you, Matt Nagy can keep going back to what he's doing and, and try and find the solution. I mean, sometimes you just need a new set of eyes and, and, and a guy who maybe has a different idea of, you know, Again, the unpredictability, if nothing else, of a guy who Mike
6: Zimmer doesn't know. Just just try something different because you've got the bye after the Minnesota game. See how it goes. Doesn't have to be some permanent thing. Doesn't have to be that Matt Nagy isn't crafting the game plan. I'm just saying, like, flow of the game. Maybe just – maybe try something else for this Vikings game. And if you like it, great. If it doesn't work, Okay. And I mean, it's not as if the play calling is the only problem here. I mean, there's a lot of problems, but there's only so much you could do as far as personnel. You're down to the bare minimum on your offensive line. You have some weapons on on offense that, you know, certainly a Cole Komet, nothing again today. Like, that's to me, that's amazing. I mean, Mm -hmm. Riley Ridley catches two balls for 23. Cole Komet has no catches again. So, but like, you feel like Mooney can give you something. Of course, Allen Robinson's an excellent player. Anthony Miller was pretty active today. You know, but again, these are most of these are garbage time receptions when the game is over. I just feel like Matt Nagy, the you know, from covering him, um, he wants to win, and they have won. They have won a lot of games with him as head coach. The, the 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 ego has got to be put put aside here. Just try to mix something up, do something different, because guys, honestly we've talked about the offense every week and every week it not only does it not get better guys it gets worse this this was the worst that i have seen because this was this is the most misleading 24-17 score i have ever seen in my entire life <laughs> this was a blowout that the bears found a way to score a couple of times late to make the score at least look respectable the game itself was not respectable So, J.D., that brings up a a
3: point that I would have. Okay, so does Nagy have the personality that would allow him to step away and let someone else call the plays? And if he were to step away and let someone else call the plays, does that signal something else as far as, okay, well, smack of desperation? I'm sure they are desperate right now to make something happen, and you, you just mentioned it. He wants to win, and you can hear it when he speaks from the podium or he talks with the media, you know he wants to win. But does that mean that, okay, maybe the clock is ticking? Does that signal that around the league and even to his own fan base if someone
6: else starts to call the plays? Well, you know, he could feel that way. I would hope, Howard, I would hope that's not what's happening here because I understand this has been a really grueling run. And this game today – was like I would have been at the honky tonk central for the second half of this thing if I was at, in in Nashville. Like I should have been filing my story from from Broadway. I'd have been at Tootsie's or something. Yes, this was awful. This was a make you physically ill type of game today. But so Matt Nagy's won a lot of games. Yeah, and not everyone. There's going to be no and Howard. Uh, you know, I'll tell you this. Not not everyone's going to love the head coach. There's always going to be players that don't like the head coach, right? I mean, you can't be universally loved in a locker room of fifty three guys. But I feel like Nagy has done a lot of good here. He really has. And he runs a good operation. Um, Players, he tries to make it fun. They respect him. They work hard when they have to. And there have been wins. There have been been a lot of wins, more than losses. I would certainly hope that if he were to take the step where he said, I got to step back for a week, I got to give it to somebody else, let's see what happens, I hope that would not, put him on a hot seat or signal to the rest of the league that he's about to lose his job. That would to me would be a head coach that has exhausted a lot of other options, doing something a little radical, but doing something that might, might work. It might not work, but I just feel like right now they're running in place. And I think he knows that. And, and I think that egos aside, you just do what you do to try to get the best out of your team and try to win these games. So I would not, I would not look at that like I wouldn't ridicule him for giving up plays calling. I, I think people should say, okay, this is what needs to be done. They gotta try something and let's see how it goes.
2: J D, uh you're on with Howard. Should we turn to something a little more a little more uh positive? Well, yeah, funny line yes, football I program, boys. <laughs> oh, would you guys like to take uh take sixty seconds to uh Tell us about uh, Illini's uh,
6: loss to Minnesota yesterday.
7: Oh, Howard looked yeah, great, by pass. the way.
6: Well, Howard <laughs> looked. I watch Howard. I'm, I'm a huge Howard guy. I Watch Big Ten Network. I'm always watching my Illini. Um, you know. Well, look, when you're not, when you're down your fourth string quarterback, you can't really accomplish a whole lot. But I, I would I would think Howard that the defense would be a little a little better. Um, you're six right now, but. Uh, yeah, not not good. Now Northwestern had a great game. That was funny. Hey, the Cats are looking good, man. fits go Cats. Uh, big win over Nebraska. Yeah. Huge game. Uh, they got a big one next week, I think. Right? Who are they playing? Purdue next week? Purdue. Yeah, they have uh, got Purdue. Northwestern. That's a good game. Yeah. Illinois. J- J- a terrific player, terrific quarterback for yeah. Purdue. So JD, I'm a big how... Howard fan. I'm a big Big Ten Network fan. But if you think that me talking about Illinois football <laughs> is going to turn this turn this uh, demeanor around, Miller, yeah, you got another thing to- coming, pal.
1: Not I'm good looking for something.
6: I'm
2: looking for something more positive than the bears game today. And that's all I got <laughs> a couple of alumni alums. Uh, all right, J.D. We'll let you go on that note. Uh, thanks for hopping on; We do appreciate it. Uh, we will let the audience hear from Matt Nagy, his explanation on today's game in a little
6: bit yeah. here, but uh, thanks for popping on with us. We appreciate well, it. Now, now I am thoroughly depressed now after that, <laughs> after the <laughs> Illinois sucker punch, yeah. I think Howard and I got to get down to champagne to figure out what's going on, but uh, we'll, talk about that some other time bye guys thank yep. you All right. absolutely you
3: later,
2: that is jeff dickerson covers the bears for espn.com and us here at espn 1000 you're listening to another light post game show here on espn 1000 i'm Jeff meller along with howard griffith again uh, we got a little bit more time for your phone calls 312-332-3776 and we will get you that matt and aggie post game press conference that i promised here shortly
0: Howard Griffith and Jeff Meller. More post game coming up. This is the ESPN 1000 post game show on Chicago's home for sports.
1: ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports. The
0: ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show is back. It's back With your hosts, ESPN 1000 fantasy expert and host Jeff Mella, two-time Super Bowl champion Chicago native Howard Griffith.
1: Now back to more
0: on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Mm-hmm.
8: Honestly, that's what we've been working towards and you know if I once again if I had that answer we probably wouldn't be here so I mean the only thing I can say is we have to continue to keep working um, I don't know what y'all expect me to say but other than I believe that we have to keep working at it and keep grinding and keep figuring out what we want to do how we want to do it um, and that's the only way to be frankly like we're the ones in it like we're the ones that are playing for the Chicago Bears coaching for the Chicago Bears so it's our responsibility to continue to work through this, and we have the right people to do it. We just have to keep grinding, keep doing it, and staying positive throughout it, and we have the right people.
2: Well, do you? That is Nick Foles. He
8: was asked why
2: the offense hasn't gotten better over the last few weeks, and uh, we've been full of questions here on the Miller Lite Game show here on ESP 1000. I'm Jeff Miller along with Howard Griffith, and... We don't have answers right now, and it doesn't sound like Nick Foles does either. We will let you hear from Matt and Maggie at uh, 5 o'clock. Maybe he can provide some, although if you uh, listened with uh, J.D., not sure he has any either. Um, we're all just full of questions, Howard, and no answers. He's good luck with that. Mm. Um, let's see if Oscar in Montgomery can answer anything for us. He is on the Miller Lite postgame show. Oscar, you're on with Howard Griffith.
5: Oh, my gosh, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I am embarrassed. I am embarrassed to be a Bears fan, Cubs fan, and a Bulls fan. My son asked me, Why do we have the worst team? Why am I so upset when my team's played? I can't answer it. I cannot. I cannot. It is uh, horrible. He's 10 years old, and he's asking me this question. And I, I mean, I'm not a bandwagon team, so I got to go with my team. I need, yeah, no i I need them to ask answer some
4: questions.
2: Oscar, I can uh, I can sympathize with you as the father of a ten year old as well. Who you know, I can see his interest in the Bears waiting each and every game this week. He he's made the proclamation, Howard, to me several times that why can't the Bears get a quarterback? Why do you know why you know he's he's seen the uh, Trubisky era now and he's seen Nick Foles <laughs> and at this point he at ten years old it's you know it's too much for him. He's already drifting to other teams. He loves watching Pat Mahomes play. He loves watching Russell Wilson play. You know, he's envious of Aaron Rodgers, but I just just like every Bears fan out there, uh no matter how old you are, you know, even if you go back unless you go back to the days of Sid Lug- Luckman, you have seen you haven't really seen a franchise quarterback.
3: Yeah, It's
2: been tough. I mean, it really has been on a, a
3: historic franchise like the Bears not to have been able to secure that that franchise quarterback that everybody covets and you know, it's just been one of those things. and But obviously, we're, we're going to be back in the market mm-hmm. and looking for, for that person that uh, can change the fortunes of the Chicago Bears.
2: Rinse and repeat. Let's try Bob, who's in Nashville. Uh, Bob, uh, I assume you're a Bears fan since you're calling the uh, postgame show, but uh, maybe uh, maybe you enjoy the Titans as well. What's up, Bob?
1: Uh, no, to be honest, with you, I feel like I need to tell you, I'm from Downers Grove, Illinois, and I'm driving back from the game.
0: So that Ah. kind of
1: tells you how stupid I am. Uh, But, and that was, that was, and before JD said it, I was going to say that was the worst display of offense I've seen in my life. And I'm 55. Oh boy. But here's, here's my bigger concern. Mm -hmm. To me, Pace and Nagy are not only on two different pages, they're reading two different books. So one of them has to go. Who's going to hire the replacement for Pace if he has to be replaced? Because that same person hired him in the first place, and he can't do his job. So do we trust that the Bears franchise can hire somebody qualified to do that job?
2: I mean, Bob, it's a fair question, but the truth is, you know, it's something you can't really, I don't think, worry about. You have to, like, you know that it's in their best interest to get that hiring right. And obviously, Chris Ballard was one of the finalists, along with Ryan Pace. I think they would feel better right now about their situation, Howard, you know, if Chris Ballard was the GM as opposed to Ryan Pace. You look what the Colts are doing right now. I think you'd feel better about this franchise had Chris Ballard been the hire over Ryan Pace.
3: It's tough, right? It's tough. But it also goes when you you make a move like that with a quarterback, you know, you're always going to be tied to that. That's always Mm going to be – you know, how you're going to be judged no matter what he he was going to be paced was going to be judged by the quarterback position. And, you know, he's a big boy. He understands what this, this business is all about. And when you miss, you miss. So he's got to try to figure out a way at least while he, while he's still here to, you know, find a way to try to turn around the fortunes. But again, it's, it's very difficult to do that. uh, When you really don't have the assets to be able to go out and, make the major changes that this this team needs to be successful
2: yeah if you don't draft the right quarterback you're always going to be chasing your tail yeah it's you know like i think you've said it multiple times you're going to overspend on a player in free agency that's just the way the reality of the nfl good players don't get to free agency good players are retained by their team who drafted them you know and if they're demanding more money than the team wants to pay well, chances are that even though they could still be a productive player, you're probably going to overpay for them on the free agent market. And so until you actually draft the right quarterback, you're always going to be playing catch-up. Let's squeeze in Ballancourt, who's in the South Loop. Ballancourt, you're on ESPN 1000.
5: Hey, what's going on, man? Can you hear me? You couldn't hear me
2: before. I got you loud and clear now. Got gotcha. you.
5: <laughs> okay, man. My problem with the Bears, man, is that these guys, we can't trust, we can't trust them to draft nobody no more. We need a championship offensive line. We need a um, championship quarterback. Pace drafted a high school quarterback. He's paying $20 million to a backup third-string quarterback. Come on, man. This got (laughs) to (laughs) stop. Oh,
3: Howard. (laughs) I hear you. But it's just – and that's that's the frustrating part, right? We can recognize that we, we need a better offensive line. But it's five of those guys. Yeah. Right? It's five of those guys. You ain't going to pick those guys up off the street. You know, you, you need a, a franchise quarterback. Or a, not even a franchise quarterback. You need a quarterback that can run the offense effectively uh, and, and be able to move forward. So you have Nick Foles. Could he, should he be able to run this offense effectively? Absolutely. But he can't because of some other deficiencies in the, yeah. in the organization. So, you know, it, it, it's hard to do, man. It, it is hard to win in National Football League. And once you get behind that eight ball, man, you're, as you mentioned, you're, you're just playing catch up, and that's not an easy
2: position to be in. This is the Miller Lite post game show here on ESPN 1000. Again, we're here with you for 2 hours after every Bears game taking your phone calls 312-332-3776. We got one more second segment to go and I promise you we will get to Matt Nagy in just 2 short minutes.
0: The ESPN 1000 post game show returns after these.
1: This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000.
0: The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite Post Game Show is back.
1: This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000.
8: Same thing. I mean, you know, obviously you don't want it to happen, um, but the game goes on. It's not like all of a sudden, oh, uh, it's fourth and one. It's happened again. Let's just stop playing. No, you keep playing. You keep staying positive on the sideline. You just keep going. You keep talking through it. Um, that's, what, that's what this game is. As much as we would love to win every Sunday um, and have it, like, there's a lot of teams that don't do that. And, you know, right now we're in a situation where we're figuring out who we are and who we want to be. And it, it, can, it, it can be difficult, but I'll tell you this, like, the guys in the locker room after the game, their mindsets are about the team, about each other, about continuing to work for one another.
2: Nick Foles is figuring out what the Bears are offensively. I think I've already figured it out, Howard. Uh, It's not a good thing, Uh, but he can stay positive. He has to stay positive. I understand that mindset. He, the best thing Nick Foles does is uh, speak at the podium after after the game and losses. You know he's going to be a glass a glass half full kind of guy, and so you know that positive energy I think is okay. You know it's good for the team morale, but the reality is uh, you know fans I don't think uh, feel Real great when they hear that after the offensive dis- display they saw today. Um, I'm not sure if he was talking about the fourth and one that they failed to convert in the first quarter, or if he was talking about the fourth and one when they had a false start and they actually couldn't even you know, attempt to go for it on fourth and one because they had two successive uh, you know, false start penalties that forced them to punt when they were in Tennessee Titan uh, territory. Hey, I don't know. They're they're just not efficient when it's fourth down and one apparently Howard. So yeah, oh, we got yeah, they we can't we have figure lots of problems, um, <laughs>
3: lots of problems that we don't know about.
2: He is uh, the two-time Super Bowl champ and alumni legend Howard Griffith. I am Jeff Miller here on ESPN One Thousand, the Miller post Postgame Show, brought to you by ComEd's Energy Energy Efficiency Program. All right, Matt Nagy did meet the media. Did he provide any answers for this abysmal offensive? This, Display, we'll let you hear from him right now.
7: You know, obviously, uh, a high-level of frustration. Um, anytime you lose three games in a row, it, you, you feel that way. And uh, we didn't do enough offensively to, to get the job done. I thought our defense played really, really well. I mean, they're doing everything that we're asking them to do and uh, trying to get that field position going. Special teams play well. Uh, and then just a uh, recurring theme here on offense. So uh, that starts with me, and we got to get it better. Matt, how did the offense get
4: this bad? And as you point out, it's a recurring theme. What steps are you willing to take immediately to change it?
7: Yeah, I, there's. Um, it, it's it's hard to say right now, right after, you know, an hour or whatever, it's half hour after the game. And so I, I got to go back and watch it. But, um, you know, we're, we're at a point, we knew going into today's game that it, it was going to be challenging in certain areas <laughs> uh, when you're in this position that we're in. And we understand that. But to me, Jason, I think the biggest thing is, it's, it's one thing, you know, there's going to be a play here or there where you're going to get beat. And I'm saying everywhere, like there'll be a, there'll be a mistake that that we make um, everybody, whether it's coaches and or players. But the ones that 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 bother me are the ones where you have the senseless ones with the, the you know, the penalties that set you back five yards and make a second and 15 or they're drive killers, you know, those are the ones that, and again, you know, we're discussing that. We, we talk about that and they're continuing to happen. So, um, yeah, we gotta, we, that has to stop. It just, I, you have to get in a rhythm. And then in the red zone, you gotta be more effective. So, um, that's what we got to do.
8: Coach, do you feel like with three straight division games coming up that you guys have to have to right this ship almost immediately, or, or the season could head the wrong direction? Yeah, no, no, we
7: gotta. Um, I don't know if you can see me the the deal here. Um, we do got to right the ship, uh, and we just got to do it by getting one win. You know, so we got to be able to, uh, um, whatever that is by any measures, find a way to do it. And, uh, I think our guys will do that. I think that they, uh, they understand where we're at. Um, you know, again, unfortunately last year we were in the, in this mode and we lost four in a row and it's hard. It is hard. Um, but we, as, as leaders got to rally around each other and we got to stick together as hard as it is. And again, to be five and four, um, when you're sitting five and one to be five and four, um, you know, it, it it hurts, but now we got to make sure that, um, Whatever those issues are, we just at some point in time get this thing back on track. And, and that's kind of – that's my job as a head coach to, to do that. And trust me, I'm, I'm going to look at everything.
6: Matt, you, you mentioned the penalties, but on your first six drives, you didn't have any penalties and you still didn't wind up scoring yeah. any points. Do, do you feel like there are answers in the playbook, in, in the roster that you have right now to fix this?
7: Yeah, I do. I do. And, and uh, you know, it's when, – when, that's, that's a good thing. And I did feel early on that – Um, You know, we had a couple of those drives where it wasn't so much the penalties on the front end, JJ. It was more of the three and outs. You know, we just we weren't getting first downs. And uh, that's what felt like it on the front end. And then, you know, you get to a point there at the end of the half where uh, you get a couple completions and then you're just going backwards instead of going forward. You know, and when you have that and then the rest of the game, there's just some some stuff that went on uh that it just makes it hard and we're not in a position right now offensively to make things hard that's just a simple fact we need we need to do everything we can to stay ahead of the sticks so that we can play football and and you know get the run game going and get the quick game going and when you pick and choose to take a shot you got to protect so that you can hit that shot you know what i'm saying so that that's kind of how this thing goes matt you guys converted the fake punt
5: what required the timeout immediately afterwards
7: yeah we were just uh we had you know when you have a change of possession like that there's a communication just making sure guys are on the special teams and the wide receivers that are coming in and out and we had a we had a play um where there was we had a a substitution with a wide receiver that was just a little bit off there and i just i wanted to make sure that uh we were perfect i didn't want to do what happened last week where we had a, a five yard penalty and we just, you know, and so that happens that that probably happens across the league more than you think. And right now it's just, you know, it's a little magnified just because of, you know, our situation.
5: And Also, you, you guys have struggled uh, in short yardage when you need a yard or less sometimes. What, what are you, what is your emotions with that? And just not yeah. being able to pick up two feet at
7: times. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's, we've we've um i think we've been better of late and then it's the ones that you don't get you know uh especially the fourth downs those are the ones that i think magnify and they make you they sting because we really felt like we had some good momentum going there and then we go back i got to go back and watch that play i you know I, um i think our guy. i mean it's a it's a dive you know it's like what, you, what we do in youth football uh it's a dive so um it's uh that's that yeah, man, not to belabor the fourth down stuff, but I think there was that one fourth down where you guys had two consecutive penalties. I mean, you had the, yeah. the false start and then the I mean, the hands to the that, face. I mean, how, I mean, just how demoralizing is that it, to get these consecutive penalties in these just absolutely critical moments you got to have? Right, and I think that's probably where, J.J., like to your last question for me, stuff like that that, that Jeff just talked about, those are the ones that they probably magnified a little bit um, when you have back-to-back penalties in that situation. And you got momentum going, you got a lot of good things going and, and then you just, you have that happen. And, and so I'll never, ever, ever question my guy's effort. Never. I'll never do that. Um, none of it's because of effort, but whatever it is, it's got to stop. And, and those are, those are ones there that we just got to get better at because we just do we're, we're, we we got to get like just little chunks here, or there and then pick and choose when we go ahead and take our shots and we just can't get in that situation. Now there was a few in there where we did get backed up, and, and we, Nick made a strong throw. And we made a good catch on the dagger route. Um, there were some plays in there where we did recover. Uh, I would like to see us be better in that big red zone area to be when you get down there to be able to get an opportunity to score. And um, we we weren't we weren't today. Um, and that's probably the most frustrating part of it all is that uh, that right there. And again, it's not because the guys don't care. Matt, when you're grasping for anything positive, do you look um, – are you, are, are you glad that you guys score late, that you make it a close game, or does that – in your mind, does that really not matter? It's probably both. I'd say um, I do think when you, 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 you have a, a position where um, our guys fought to the very end, and that's kind of who the guys are that we have in this locker room, they care. Their care factor is high. Um, that's why I'll never ever question their effort or their care that part I love. Uh, but what we have to understand as a mature football team is that you have to score points early in this league. And then you also have to score points early in this league with the defense that we have. Right. So um, when you don't do that, you just get to a point where you have those touchdowns at the end. You're happy that you kept fighting, but we, let's you can't be in that position.
2: Well, there is the head coach of a five and four football team that has now lost three in a row and gets their next chance to write the ship on Monday night football, a national stage. They will take on the Vikings at home uh, next Monday night. So that will be their chance. Again, a Vikings team that has now won two in a row themselves and really looked good featuring Delvin cook in the process. Another two touchdowns and over 200 yards rushing for Delvin cook the vikings have finally figured out what they want to do offensively and so the bears will have to figure out how to score some points before it gets too late in the game and out of hand next week if they hope to figure things out going forward and not fall to five and hundred five and five but that is for next week i am jeff meller along with howard griffith again We'll be back next Monday night. Howard, uh, any final words as we wrap this baby up this week?
3: Yeah, we're going to have to put this one to bed and start to focus on the, the next one. Uh, this is going to be a huge challenge, particularly for our defense. But offensively, they've just got to continue to find a way to, to put some things together. And you hear the frustration in Nagy's voice. I would also say this, Jeff. I was, I was against I, I didn't think that he would give up the play calling duties. Because of ego and some other things, after hearing him tonight, I would not be surprised if something like that doesn't happen in the next week or so.
2: Interesting. That is something that we can definitely keep an eye on and see how it plays out as the week unfolds. Again, he's Howard Griffith. If you want, you can check him out on the Big Ten Network. He he is there for you all week long. And on Saturdays, breaking down all the big games that you need to be aware of in the Big Ten. He's at Howard Griffith on Twitter. I am Jeff Meller. Again, you can hear me with Cap and jay Hood, Carmen and, Del- and Carmen and Yerko throughout the week, and also the Fantasy Football Show on Sunday mornings. Again, I'm at Jeff underscore Meller. Thanks to Sean Davis for producing today, and thank you to Jeff Dickerson for checking in with us as well. Until next week, we'll be back with you on Monday night after a Vikings affair. We'll see how it goes. But thanks for listening this week even though the results weren't very good.
0: for listening to the ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show presented by Miller Lite the official beer of the Chicago Bears and brought to you by GetCoveredIllinois.gov the home loan experts ComEd's energy efficiency program and Harry's Razors. Bears talk continues at 7 a.m. with Cap and Jay Hood on the new morning show on ESPN 1000.